Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use. No doubt starts now. This is the broadcast for December the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2020. Wow, this is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America. That is our guide. And the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers, one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips as well. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, lovingliberty.net. Check it out. Get involved around the clock. Incredible talk radio. Quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on Lowell Nelson Campaign for Liberty. We talked about Joel Skousen's live presentation last weekend in Utah. And uh, great job by Joel. We talked about the preparedness tip from Joel How to respond when asked to wear a mask. Very interesting. We also talked about a vaccine mandate coming via negative incentives. Yeah, they're going to force you to take the vax. Not by government. They're just going to, you know, get big business to do their bidding. As you know, we got a fascist partnership going on at government. And big corps have had for quite some time, but it's getting more egregious by the day. Utah Senate District 14. I guess they're having a special election. We talked about that. It's probably very similar in your state, in your local uh, municipality, your precinct, etc. Uh, we talked about what Trump can do before leaving office. Yeah, worldaffairsbrief.com. Trump needs to pardon Flynn. He's done that. That's a great start, says Ron Paul. President Trump, please pardon Steve Stockman, Julian Assange, Edward Snowden, and others. Amen to that. Walter Williams, rest in peace, my friend. Uh, two tributes, one written by Ron Paul, the other one written by Thomas DiLorenzo. We also talked about why the COVID-19 vaccines will not save the world. Bill, Bill Sardi, or Sardi with that one. Biden calls for 100 days of mask wearing. Joe Biden also said that he would not mandate masks. He would not mandate vaccines. He would encourage all Americans to get them. But no, I don't think it's uh, something that should be mandated. But he said it's the right thing to do to wear them all. The question becomes, if y'all don't do the right thing, what will then Grandpa whacked out Joe, too, huh? Second hour, we had Dr. Scott Bradley with us to preserve the nation. His goal, freedomsrisingsun.com, his website. We talked about Biden officially secures enough votes to become president. They say California certified their 55 electors, putting Joe over the limit, 279. Joe wins, they claim. Problem is, the electors haven't voted. Problem is, all states haven't certified. Uh, The dishonesty of the mainstream press about the elections is shocking. When you understand the checks and balances called for by the supreme law of our land, the Constitution. Georgia's Governor Brian Kemp calls for a signature audit after smoking gun of a vote count fraud video appears, but they dismissed it all. We'll get to that as the broadcast continues. Trump's legal team on Sunday began a forensic analysis of 22 voting machines. What's the results of that answer? Judges and governments and states and Legislative bodies don't care, okay? Video, Georgia vote counters. 
appear to pull suitcases of ballots from under desks. What's up with that? Oh, it's all on the legitimate. Don't you worry, they claim. Georgia Governor Kemp says the suitcases need to be uh, investigated. But, of course, they already just certified for the third time. We'll get to that. They don't even care. Ted Cruz mocking Lynn Wood. Ted Cruz calls Lynn Wood, well-known attorney, uh, a clown trying to mislead. Georgia voters, shame on Ted. Purdue, quote, signature matching anomalies that happened back in November could not happen in January. Well, Purdue, I got some news for you. They committed fraud. They got away with it, and they're going to do it again, okay? Who is Patrick Byrne? You might say he's an overstock founder and CEO. He claims that he can save the elections. He says he can hire some hackers and crackers and get to the bottom of that sucker. Well, sadly, he mocks by demonstrating the absurd what they've already done, right? Republican congressional candidate may now lose after 55 uncounted ballots are found. All you got to do is find more ballots until your guy wins, right? That's how they do it nowadays. Project Veritas strips CNNs. I guess uh, David Limbaugh argues that corrupt media is greatest threat to democracy. Well, I appreciate that, David. We don't have a democracy, my friend. But I agree with you that the media has been a great threat to honesty and integrity throughout our system. There's no doubt about it. But Americans love the dishonest media. We'll get to that as the broadcast unfolds as well. Newly elected congresswoman who grew up in the Soviet Ukraine gives stark warning about Americans launching headlong into socialism. Boy, howdy, is she right? Our prayers are with the greatest country on the face of the earth that seems to be under assault at every turn. That's a recap. News the networks refuse to use starts now. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias and greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. All right, there's a bunch of news stories in the news that Kurt's not going to like. I don't know if I should report them or not. I don't want to get beat up over them. But Georgia's results remain unchanged. In latest recount, state certifies votes again. The governor and others now claim we've recounted the votes three times, and every time the results remain unchanged. Biden beat Trump by about 12,000 votes, they claim. Uh, that's the uh, latest from Georgia. Then a federal judge, Timothy Batten, dismissed Sidney Powell's lawsuit on Monday in Georgia that alleged widespread vote fraud. So what you got is Georgia at the government side and the court side, whatever you want to call it, the, I don't know what you call it, uh, when the governor and the, the vote count people in it do all their stuff and then the courts, you know, everywhere, they're doubling down in defense that, hey, it's all fine, Kurt. Don't know what you're talking about. So the battle's on, but the hammer keeps coming down against President Trump on every point. Kurt, and this is what I predicted. The courts are just not to be trusted. The courts are just showing how dishonest uh, they are. Okay, you literally throw out Sidney Powell's case. You literally say we counted three times. But what they're claiming is, they the machines are fraudulent. Well, I thought that Trump's team was looking at the machines uh, right now. But they're going to move ahead and certify anyway, Kurt. They're not even going to let that get resolved first. See, I see a problem with that on its face. You go for a redress of grievance, and then you, as a judge, say, well, yeah, you can look at the voting machines. 
see if there's fraudulent software on them, but yet we're going to move ahead and certify for the third time anyway and claim you're crazy? Either there's legitimacy to this or there's not. And if there isn't, why is a judge even entertaining it? If there is, why move ahead? Something doesn't smell right in Denmark on this one, Kurt. Couldn't agree more, Sam. The um, kind of an update on that looks like, uh, according to the Epic Times uh, uh, this morning, or it's dated today at least, uh, says a legal team led by Sidney Powell informed a federal court in Georgia late on Monday, that would be last night, that it's uh, appealing the dismissal of its case to the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit, says... Um, uh, this is what she wrote in a notice filed with the U.S. District Court in Northern District of Georgia in Atlanta. It says, plaintiffs request this court immediately transmit this notice of appeal to the 11th Circuit so that the court may docket the matter, thus enabling plaintiffs to proceed as quickly as possible to have these urgent issues of national importance addressed. Um, so I guess that's, you know, I mean, each, each time is, uh, like a chess move. It seems like, uh, you know, on one hand and then you got the guys on the other hand and that's, you just keep watching the chess game, I guess. Yes, you do. Now, Judge Linda Parker, she's a U.S. district judge, tossed out another election lawsuit on Monday brought by a group of voters who claim widespread vote fraud in Michigan. She said that widespread vote fraud helped president-elect, they say. But I don't like that. I want to take that out. Did it help Joe? Right? Um, Anyway, she says, hey, they're alleging that uh, that's a big problem. But here's what she ruled, Kurt. I find this very, very telling. Listen carefully. Plaintiffs seek relief that is stunning in its scope and breathtaking in its reach. Now, didn't I predict they were going to say this? Even though there's vote fraud, they're going to basically claim, by golly, we can't overturn the whole thing. If we did, it would just ruin the whole world. Okay, this is so deep, so breathtaking. So here's what the judge says. The plaintiffs seek relief that is stunning in its scope and breathtaking in its reach. Parker wrote in her decision, if granted, the relief would disenfranchise the votes of more than 5.5 Michigan citizens who with dignity, hope, and a promise... 5.5 million? Is that what you mean? Yeah. You said 5.5. I just want to make sure 5.5 million. There you go. Michigan citizens who with dignity, hope, and the promise of a voice participated in the election, Kurt. The plaintiffs filed the suit on November 25th, and they alleged widespread fraud in the counting of the ballots, along with allegations that corrupt machines... And software tainted the results. The suit, among other things, asks Parker to impound all the voting machines and software used in the election for inspection. However, Parker simply denied the request, noting that the plaintiffs missed the deadlines for challenging the election results and requesting the recount. She also noted that the allegations are based on unfounded theories. Quick pause on your radio. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, 
in maternity wards across the country and around the world. More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm by a friend of Megagoria. The strategy of heaven revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The calm before the storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. All right, so check this out, ladies and gentlemen. U.S. District Judge Linda Parker tossed out an election lawsuit on Monday brought by a group of voters who claimed widespread vote fraud took place in the state that helped Joe win. Now, here's the interesting details of this case that I find so fascinating. It just highlights the fraud in the courts that I speak of. Is Trump right on vote fraud? Without a doubt. Is he right to pursue this? Yes. Does he have a right to a redress over his grievance? Absolutely. But the swamp and the Republican Party and the uh, third party groups like Dominion and others all have it in, including the media, for President Trump. Okay, so listen to the details. Here's what the judge said as she threw out the lawsuit. Noting that the plaintiffs missed the deadlines for challenging the election results and challenging the recount. She also noted the allegations are based on unfounded theories. This case well represents the phrase, this ship has sailed. Parker wrote, wow. The president, by the way, got sold down the river by his attorney, as I predicted, Rudy Giuliani. Listen carefully. The president mounted and retracted a legal challenge in Michigan to challenge the results. Yes. Why? Because Trump campaign lawyer Rudy Giuliani withdrew the campaign's lawsuit that sought the stop from the state, I'm sorry, from certifying its results after he said the campaign had already achieved its goal. He thought Wayne County was likely to not certify their results, but, well, he filed the lawsuit. Then he got wind that they were going to not certify, and so he backed off and then they went ahead and went sucker and certified 
Either Giuliani's in on it or he's a sucker. Don't know which. However, the board eventually certified the results that Giuliani got left holding the bag. Other Republicans have also tried to challenge the results to no avail. And there you have it, Kurt. So I find this fascinating. Giuliani files a suit, then backs off saying, oh, we got this, man. And then they go ahead and certify. And then when some people follow up with a lawsuit saying, whoa, hold on, wait a minute, we want to sue too now. Then the judge says, you know what? This ship has already sailed. You've already missed it. Giuliani blew it is what they're saying. Because you could, should have kept your lawsuit a rolling. But no, it was dismissed by Giuliani. And now the next guys that try to jump into that hole and say, wait a minute, hold on now. We still got to challenge this till we're successful. Then the judge says, well, you're too late. Day late, dollar short. Ship has sailed, buddy. So in my opinion, this is an example where I don't know what Giuliani's thinking. Uh, but he certainly uh, got beat, Kurt. This is one I'm not familiar with, Sam, um, and uh, so I can't really say. I do know that uh, he's been dealing with um, his, um, I guess, COVID or the you know Chinese virus. Uh, I saw one report that said that the Arizona legislature, where he had uh, testified, was now um, having to basically shut down for you know whatever number of days because of the because uh, he gave everybody the exposure code, yeah. to that. Um, you know, that's throwing in a little extra uh, fun into the mix. I do see uh, from Michigan uh, one um, headline that reads, uh, Judge Rejects Sidney Powell Election Lawsuit. So it's a, probably a different one, I assume. Yes, um, it is a different one. And let me tell you judge? the difference between, um, okay. between uh, Giuliani and Sidney. Giuliani files a case, then he retracts it, then he gets snookered and beat at the punch, and then they say it's too late, that ship sailed. Sidney Powell keeps filing and refiling and, and, and appealing and everything else, just as she should do, Kurt. Right? Very good. Um, so I commend Sidney. Judge... Whether she wins or loses, I commend her for her tenacity and for doing her very best in the case. She's shown solid, stable, continued efforts on her part. Now, the judges are corrupt. That's not her fault. But she's at least doing all within her power, Kurt. Very good. It was the judge you were talking about? Yeah, Linda Parker. Parker? Yeah, okay, I've mentioned so this headline several times. Linda Parker's him. the judge, yeah. and Giuliani basically filed and retracted a lawsuit, and then she just mocked him and went <laughs> to the next guys that sued to try to fill in the gap for Giuliani's failures, and then uh, she just basically said, that ship sailed. You guys are too late. You already missed the deadline. Well, Giuliani's case should not have been dismissed, Kurt. Then half of her argument wouldn't have been able to be claimed. And then this one, it's um, by Jack Phillips. Uh, it's talking about uh, the same judge. It says a lawsuit seeking to overturn the results of the presidential election in Michigan was dismissed in federal court uh, with the judge saying that the lawsuit contained conjecture and speculation. Uh, District Judge uh, Linda yeah, Parker. Hold on. This is the second case after Giuliani's got dismissed. People like Sidney Powell and others went in there and said, hey, whoa, hold on. We don't want to dismiss this. We need a lawsuit here. Okay. But then because Giuliani dismissed his, <coughs> now you missed the deadline for the second lawsuit, Kurt. Very good. Um, anyway, she says, I guess she wrote in the ruling, to be perfectly clear, plaintiff's equal protection claim is not supported by any allegation that defendants' alleged schemes caused votes for President Trump to be changed to votes for Vice President Biden. 
uh, Parker said, and there's a PDF that you can read. It yeah, says so we're alleging that the machines are fraudulent, Kurt. So we want you to freeze them, you know, subpoena the machines so we can confirm this. And then she just simply says no. Yeah, it says um, Parker said that the lawsuit, which was backed by lawyer Sidney Powell, seems to be less about achieving the relief plaintiffs seek as much as of that relief is beyond the power of this court and more about the impact of their allegations on people's faith in the democratic process and their trust in our government uh, says um, the court cannot and will not do uh, what the you know over yeah that's code for this Kurt. you expect me to take on the whole world cabal as a judge forget it not gonna do it so Timothy Batten shut us down. I guess in Linda the, Parker uh, shut us down. The Georgia, mm-hmm. I don't know what you want to call it, legislative body and, and a whole elections group shut us down. So there you have it, Kurt. But don't worry, the next step is the Supreme Court, they claim, and Ted Cruz announced on Monday that he's prepared to argue President Donald Trump's case before the Supreme Court. This is the guy that calls, uh, in my opinion, one of the best attorneys on the case, Lynn Wood. Uh, what did he call him, a clown? And then this guy wants to go ahead and file the lawsuit? Or, you know, plead the K of the lawsuit? You, you, you trust Giuliani and, and, and Cruz to do that? Aren't they as deep swamp as you get, Kurt? Well, they worry me, um, you know, and then Cruz's connection with his wife uh, to the CFR, et cetera. And the know, Federal Reserve. Another. Yeah, Banking cartel, certain, yeah. So yeah. there's Ted Cruz. Uh, Giuliani's been in government forever, too. I know he's Trump's friend, but Giuliani's been around in the 9-11 days. <laughs> he was around in the, you know, whatever. He's been around forever, too, Kurt. This is, you know, Giuliani's not new to politics is what I'm trying to get at. Great point, Sam. So you got the swamp, swamp monsters literally destroying Trump's chances, and the real people like Sidney Powell, Lynn Woods, Matt Staver all shoved to the sidelines. And... um you know, there you have that. So I think that the huge mistake here, uh, and I don't know if it was a mistake or intentional, is why did Giuliani file and then dismiss or retract his lawsuit? Because half this judge's arguments relate to the fact that this second lawsuit is a day late and a dollar short. The ship has sailed, Kurt. Well, that wouldn't have been true if Giuliani kept his case alive. Why did Giuliani do that? Was it just incredible, you know, lawyerese that you and I can't comprehend? You know, I don't know for sure. I do see this headline that might put some light on it. It says, uh, WorldNet Daily's got this. It says, Amistad Project. That's the guys at the uh, Thomas More Foundation, the way I remember it. Uh, this is part of their thing, right? Um, yeah, that's right. Amistad Project of the Thomas More Society. Uh, the headline reads, um, January 20, the only election deadline that counts Constitution places priority on ensuring free and fair elections. Um, this organization has filed uh, election fraud lawsuits in five swing states, points out in their analysis uh, that January 20th is the actual deadline for completing the Electoral College vote according to the Constitution. Uh, they say the safe harbor deadlines of December 8th, that's today, for choosing the electors December 14th for holding the vote and January 6th for certifying the vote in Congress are established by federal law. That's what they acknowledge. However, the U.S. Constitution is the highest law in the land holding precedence over both state and federal laws that they argue this in their white paper. Um, In the event that federal law 
represents an obstacle to faithfully adhering to constitutional requirements, it is necessary to disregard the statute in favor of the plain meaning of the Constitution, they say. So that's kind of interesting, at least uh, and then the, at least when it comes to the uh, deadlines and things. Uh, you got Justice Alito, according to World Net Daily, uh, moving up the deadline in the election fight. Uh, headline reads, uh, Pennsylvania officials required to answer by Tuesday. That would be today. Yeah, he moved it up one day. Washington Examiner. And that yeah. signals that Samuel Alito and others might be willing to take this on at the Supreme Court. Only time will tell. That's really the next stop for Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, Matt Staver, and Trump's attorneys, who seem to be attacking, in my opinion, the only attorneys really in the fight for some reason. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. A true American hero has died. USA Radio News' Dan Naraki tells us more. The first man to break the sound barrier has passed away. General Chuck Yeager passed away Monday evening, according to his wife. Yeager, a World War II fighter pilot, broke the sound barrier in 1947, piloting the Bell X-1 rocket at 700 miles an hour. He would continue to fly through the Vietnam War and would command a number of fighter squadrons and wings. During his 33-year active duty career, he was awarded a Bronze Star, a Silver Star, the Purple Heart, and the Legion of Merit, among many other awards. He received the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1985. General Chuck Yeager was 97. From the USA Radio News Ohio Bureau, I'm Dan Naraki. Chuck Yeager's cousin Steve Yeager was a professional baseball catcher for the Dodgers and Mariners in the 70s and 80s and is co-owner of Jersey Mike's Subs. USA Radio News. Here's a great thing to consider doing right now before the end of the year. Call MediShare and find out just how much you would save by switching to MediShare, the affordable alternative to health insurance. When you call, you'll get some good news and probably be very happily surprised, too. The typical family saves $500 a month, but you might save even more. It's so worth it to at least find out. And you'll see why more than 400,000 people are already members. MediShare is a Christian community that shared more than $4 billion in each other's health care costs. It really is remarkable, and they're very easy to talk to. And here's the thing. If you join before the end of the year, they'll waive your new member fee. That's another $170 you'll save. I'll give you the number here in a second. The call, and you'll get a price within two minutes. And again, the deadline is December 31st, so call now. You'll save even more. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Margaret Keenan, a 90-year-old grandmother from Northern Ireland, became the first person in the world on Tuesday to receive the Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine shot outside of a trial. Britain has begun vaccinating its population. Although video evidence of voter fraud on election night exists from Georgia-suspected election workers, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger recertified his state's presidential election results on Monday. Georgia has 16 electoral votes. President Trump continues to call out massive election fraud and refuses to concede. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never back down. We will never, ever surrender. 
Senator Ted Cruz of Texas has the president's back. Senator Cruz said Monday that should the justices decide to hear it, he has offered to present before the Supreme Court the merits of the case. In a tweet, Cruz said that he had informed the president's attorneys that he stands ready to present the body with oral arguments. USA Radio News. I commend President Donald J. Trump for standing on the truth that there has been serious vote fraud committed. I completely agree. I think that the vote fraud evidence is extremely overwhelming. Despite what Tucker Carlson of Fox wants you to believe, there is evidence of vote fraud everywhere. Matt Staver, Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood doing a phenomenal job, in my opinion, Trump's attorneys melting down, literally attacking the other attorneys that as far as I can tell, Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and <clears throat> Matt Staver aren't getting rich trying to help President Trump. They're just trying to bring forward the, the facts. But the Trump team disses all these folks. you got to say, well, is Cruz on the Trump team? <clears throat> Hard to say. See, Cruz ran opposing Trump, as far as I remember. And now he wants to litigate Trump's case before the Supreme Court? Uh, in my opinion, the problem for President Trump is, and he's always done this, this is probably my biggest criticism of President Donald J. Trump, he's surrounded himself by swamp monsters, and they circumvent all the good that he does and can do over and over and over and over to the best of their ability. He's got a lot done in spite of them all. There's no doubt about it. i got to give him kudos for that. But I'm telling you right now that the swamp monsters have sunk Donald Trump's presidency all along the way in terms of what he could have accomplished. And now they're about to sink him from a second term uh, and it's the people around him uh, that I believe are the problem. you got Giuliani and Cruz and, and all these other swamp monsters around President Trump. It's a sad tale to tell. But I would never let Ted Cruz be the one to litigate my uh, Supreme Court, <laughs> I guess, case before the Supreme Court's the best way to say it. Uh, would you let <clears throat> Ted Cruz argue your case, Kurt, or would you be more comfortable with a Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, Matt Staver, somebody like that? Well, I'd put all three of them uh, together there and just let them uh, work at it together. I mean, we've seen court cases where uh, friends of ours have been there with surrounded by four attorneys, and so I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, you know, have all three, uh, Linwood, uh, you know, um, Matt Staver, uh, Sidney Powell, you know, in there doing their thing. Yeah, but I look at this Linda Parker case and I go, Giuliani really filed a lawsuit, retracted it. Then the next people file a lawsuit, go, wait a minute, hold on, you shouldn't have retracted that. And now then the judge's um, argument is, well, your second lawsuit is too late. This ship has already sailed. You missed the deadline there, guys. And it's just amazing. It's almost like the fix is in from the people around Trump, huh, Kurt? Well, I know that it's uh, difficult to find, get good help these days. I know this one might be useful. Uh, now, Sam, the uh, World in a Daily Peace says, uh, Trump attorney, uh, I'm doing the right thing for God in election fight. I hope that I can be a light and inspiration to everyone else. Uh, it's um, Jen Ellis. Uh, she said, uh, uh, she explained that she had religious reasons for trying to overturn the re results of the 2020 election. This was an interview on Fox Business. Uh, she was asked how she maintains a positive attitude amid setbacks in court and uh, Rudy's um, COVID uh, or diagnosis. 
Um, she said, you know, my life is in service and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so whatever anybody else says really doesn't bother me. I hope that I can be a light and inspiration to everyone else that no matter what anyone else says about you, it's all about just who you are as a person and made in the image of God and in Christ. I thought it was pretty good stuff. I guess it's a salon story, uh, you know, it's where it's... Uh, yeah, well, I commend Jen Ellis pointing to God, and I appreciate that. And, you know, I don't know really what her attorney background is. I don't know much about her. I've read some stuff uh, that she's never really been a high, uh, you know, defense lawyer, litigator, or anything like that. So, you know, I, I don't know enough about her. I appreciate her pointing to God, but I think she's being uh, shut down uh, by Giuliani, really, in, in this lawsuit thing, kind of her boss, if you will. Giuliani's the lead guy here, and I don't trust him, Kurt. I'm just telling you right now. When you file a lawsuit and then retract it, then the other guy's trying to fill in the gap. Uh, the judge uses it against you and says, oh, yeah, <laughs> you missed your deadline, people. You, <clears throat> I just go, what on earth is Giuliani doing? Why did he retract yeah, that she case? Went on to, uh, I don't know, Sam. And she went on to say, and that's ultimately at the end of the day, as long as I know that I'm pursuing truth and I'm doing the right thing for God and my country. That's all that matters. So that's what gives me my optimism and my hope. Um, that's what she responded when people said, hey, you know what, why why do you keep going when you got all this opposition, et cetera? And so I thought it was, you know, useful information. It's useful for sure. And I would say this, you know, my goal isn't to really judge people as much as it is to judge circumstances and actions and principles. So I'm here saying, you know what, I don't trust Giuliani as a person. That's my opinion. But what I'm questioning is this action. Why did you retract your lawsuit, my friend? All that did was give the judge the ability to shut the whole thing down. And even the people who try to fill in the gap get the burn from your action to shut that down. It just doesn't make any sense if you're going after this thing. It just doesn't make sense. All right, now, there's another issue related to this that I have a problem with. So I'm as bold in defending President Trump as I can possibly be, that he has every right to challenge this. You know, they want to tell you that he's crazy, that he's deranged, that he lives in his own world. None of that's true. They want to tell you vote fraud allegations are not substantiated or they're all bogus. That's a lie. President Trump is right. President Trump is spot on. And President Trump has every right to pursue his redress of grievance, exactly as that group you mentioned said, all the way until January 20th, Kurt. And maybe beyond, depending on what we discover between now and then, I might add. Okay, Trump is absolutely spot on and correct on this. However, there's some Trump supporters that I'm having a problem with, Kurt, in the way they're going about things. Again, I agree with the point. I disagree with the tactics, oftentimes, that patriots use. And let me give you an example. A group of armed demonstrators protested the results of the 2020 elections in front of the home of Michigan State Secretary or Secretary of State. Her name is Jocelyn Benson, Kurt, on Saturday. And uh, I'm not really fine with, you know what, getting armed and going to somebody's house to harass them. I know we have a right to peacefully assemble. I don't believe that the peacefully assemble intention of the founders in the First Amendment relates to this idea that we're going to literally go to the secretary of state, you know, her home armed and then protest late at night and, and, and cause trouble and 
we've gone beyond peaceful protest or peaceful assembly, Kurt, in my mind. We kind of border on protest, border on riot. You know, when people go to her home armed and stuff like that, I'm telling you right now, I just don't see the good in it. So uh, what do you say to that? Armed protesters protested the 2020 election at the home of Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson on Saturday. Well, let's see. Uh, the one I saw about this is a Daily, Daily Caller um, story, apparently, and then uh, World Net Daily has it on there. It says, uh, these armed demonstrators protested. You know, you know the word armed, I think, is can be used uh, to, you know, kind of hype up anything, but I, I didn't read anything in the story where they... They were like starting to shoot anything or, you know, anything like that. But uh, I guess they shouted with bullhorns and held signs during the evening protest where individuals contested the results. Um, You know, um, I guess um, one lady uh, took the footage. Her name is Genevieve Peters. Uh, She donned a Trump 2020 snow hat. I don't know what kind of that is, maybe. It's better for snow anyway. Call the election he's not selling those blank. suckers. Um, yeah, I don't have snow hats. Uh, before the police eventually arrived at the scene, uh, she said, um, uh, we are over here in the freaking dead of night, man. Uh, that's according to the Washington Examiner. We're letting her know that we're not taking this bull blank uh, election we're not standing down. We're not giving up. You are not going to take this election from a man that has earned it completely 100% by a freaking landslide. Let me tell you, this ain't over, uh, she said. Um, now, uh, I guess Benson, that's the you know lady there. Um, uh, what do they call her? The She's the Secretary of State, State, buddy. Okay. Uh, Mich- is it Michigan? Yep. Which, which one was it? Okay. Michigan. Anyway, uh, in the article it says she and her son were finishing up Christmas decorations when the crowd arrived. Uh, she says, as my four-year-old son and I were finishing up decorating the house for Christmas on Saturday night, he was about to sit down to watch how the Grinch stole Christmas. Dozens of armed individuals. I just, you know, uh, from... And my opinion, they're using the word armed in here to uh, hype it up. Uh, I don't see anywhere where anybody was out there brandishing arms or shooting off stuff or anything else. But they they use the word armed to hype it up and uh, stuff like that. And when we've seen stories over and over where somebody wears a uh, Make America Great Again hat and they get beat up, you know. So I just don't see anything of real... Um, there were no threats, uh, uh, violence, and, and Tim, I mean, they just said, hey, we're not going to take it. Let's right? break it down a little more. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll do it. We also got to get to Texas. Texas suing a bunch of states. We'll tell you why in seconds. The spirit of the American West is alive and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues that affect the American West, its people, lifestyles, lands, and wildlife. 
The Loving Liberty Radio Network is proud to support the publisher's efforts to provide an active forum for solutions that preserve the vanishing American cowboy, farmer, and sheep herder. Each issue contains informative articles on life in the American West, along with breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of the cowboy spirit in our day. Each issue of Range Magazine also features great gift ideas like the 2020 Real Buckaroo Calendar and the book Tales from Out There. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Just click on the shopping cart. The Loving Liberty Radio Network salutes the spirit of the American West and those who are keeping it alive at Range Magazine. for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man but by God. The foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3, founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. All right, back with you live. So I think Kurt's point about how they like to use the armed thing to ratchet things up, I agree with Kurt Cosby on that. And most of the articles say Jocelyn says armed protesters. And some of the stories say some of the protesters were armed. But we don't really hear anything of the arms being used in any way for an intimidating purpose, as Kurt wisely points out. All right. So here's the issue, though, in my opinion. Whether you go there with arms or not isn't really the point because you have the right to peacefully assemble. You have the right to, you know, keep and bear arms. You have the right to be armed at places, you know. There's nothing wrong with any of that. And I don't see any intimidation used to buy the weapons of any kind. Now, I know somebody would say, well, just having a weapon's intimidating enough. I, I know you might think that, but that's, you know, from the law point of view, that doesn't hold water. Just because somebody has a, a gun, that doesn't mean they're intimidating, okay? Now, here's the point in my opinion, though. When you have a group of people in the dead of night, literally using bullhorns and, you know, yelling obscenities um, to the secretary of state at her home, I think you've crossed the line. I don't think that's the intent of the founding fathers peaceful assembly idea. Okay. And I agree that we can go to the court for redress of grievances, which we've done in all kinds of cases. And I agree the courts are corrupt. I understand all that. Uh, but I don't think it's appropriate, whether you're armed or not, to be going to somebody's home and screaming obscenities in the dead of night and, and this kind of stuff and saying, you know, you will pay or, or, you know, this isn't over. And I think that you're crossing a line. When is it a peaceful assembly, as the First Amendment articulates, versus when do we go to the protest view versus then the riot view versus the disturbing the peace view versus the, you know, wh- where do you think it starts and ends, Kurt? A lot of patriots are going to be against me on this one because they believe we need to ratchet it up. But I believe our, our causes, just our tactics in this case, would be wrong, Kurt. 
That's just my opinion. What do you think? Well, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I, I like the idea like, um, that, uh, Lynn Wood suggested he and, uh, you know, uh, Sidney Powell in their, uh, event just a little while back there in Georgia where they said, Hey, I want you to go, uh, you know, around the governor's mansion and blow your horn. And what he was talking about is, you know, there's a road around that, you know, and you go and you, you know, honk your horn and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, holding up signs and things like that, um, uh, yelling at somebody's house. Uh, I mean, we've seen it in the past. They did it with McConnell uh, in Washington, D.C., and, the, you know, the bad guys, the Antifa kind of guys. But, you know, the point is, at least I think that you're probably trying to make, Sam, is we don't need to sink to those kind of levels um, and say those kind of things. Uh, but we do, I, I think, I, I love the way that, that typically the uh, people that are trying to protect babies uh, do the protests. You know, they'll be outside of an abortion clinic and they'll be praying, you know. Uh, I mean, they're not uh, shooting anybody or knocking anybody over or beating anybody up, uh, but they'll be praying. And, of course, that, that uh, drives those um, people kind of crazy, I guess, but I don't think they're doing it i mean we're supposed to pray for our enemies and uh so i guess uh, that would be uh, one of a great way for these guys to get together uh, i mean i don't care that they're armed i think that means they could be protecting uh, anybody around uh, whether it's uh, like uh, there was one report where this uh, guy uh see if I can find it, but, uh, you know, his his house was bombed, they say, because he was a, a pretty big um, President Trump supporter, and uh, so then, uh, you know, I guess there was a couple of bombs that went off at his house, and, um, you know, um, nobody really came forward to say what was going on, but, you know, uh, we don't need to do that kind of thing. I mean, uh, it, uh, they're... I guess you could say there could come a time when that would be necessary, especially to protect yourself in defense. Uh, we don't want to be offensive, but uh, defense is a different story. But uh, Yeah, rolling to know, this lady's like... house is not a defensive maneuver, I wouldn't say. Uh, but no, I would also I say this. So. Your point uh, that you highlight, I think, is a great example to make the point that I'm trying to get at, Kurt. Going to somebody's house, armed or not armed, is not the point. You can go, uh, you know, armed or not armed anywhere. And I don't think that's the problem. And I agree they're using that to ratchet it up. And there was no, uh, as far as I can tell, intimidation with arms. So, you know, just to bring that into the mix just makes it seem like, hey, the bad guys with, with guns are out there or whatever. And it's not really you know, accurate portrayal. I agree with Kurt. But this idea that you're going to go to somebody's house to their personal property in the middle of the night and start screaming obscenities and, and, and you know, using bullhorns and getting all you know, out of control or whatever. You know, I feel bad for this four-year-old child. I feel bad for this poor lady in her home. She's got to be uh, kind of scared. And I know some patrons would say, well, she deserves to be scared. She's a thug. We need to take her out. And See, I don't see it that way. Okay, now I agree with Lynn Wood and this idea that we're going to march around the public home, which is a different discussion. If we're talking about the governor's mansion, right? It's a, it's a public place. It's kind of like the White House a little bit or whatever. It's not, I mean, I know they live there. I get it, but, I, you know. And walking around that with a horn, blowing your horn, symbolizing the biblical bring down the walls of Jericho, or let's have truth here, a nonviolent, peaceful effort to bring attention to something. Those are two, in my personal opinion, completely different discussions. One is a peaceful assembly. 
The other one borders on a protest, almost on kind of a riot. If I'm the neighbor of this lady, this secretary of state, I'm kind of ticked off that you're in front of my house, too. If I live across the street or our next door neighbor or whatever, I'm kind of not very happy that people are running around with bullhorns in my area, um, you know, late at night and dropping F-bombs and throwing obscenities out there and saying, we're going to get you and, you know, this isn't over yet and how dare you. And uh, to me, the two are completely different examples. And I, for one, back to Lynn Wood idea. I back the idea that Kurt Crosby says, hey, you know what? Let's get out there like they do in the abortion clinics and let's pray. Let's peacefully assemble. Let's, uh, you know, do all we can to appeal to God. Let's do all we can to push for a redress of grievances in the courts. Let's, by all means, I'm not downing the efforts, but I'm saying we got to be very careful uh, on our tactics oftentimes. Because if you're not very careful, you turn into the aggressor. If you're not very careful, you get all these, you know, things written up about you that are not accurate. I agree, but they're accurate enough. In other words, I don't want protesters outside my house yelling and screaming obscenities in the middle of the night with bullhorns. Um, That's way different than peacefully protesting and, you know, surrounding, uh, say, the governor's mansion and walking around it with horns and trying to treat it like the walls of Jericho. Those, in my opinion, are completely different focuses, different intent, different You know, one, I can see that I would be kind of scared in my own house going, wait a minute, what's going on here? Whereas, you know, if you're peacefully referring to the Bible and the walls of Jericho and you're marching around with your horns outside on the public, you know, whatever. uh, To me, those are different examples, Kurt. I think it highlights the point very well. And so I just I'm not here to attack anybody. I'm just here to warn our people, whoever they may be. Right. Um. And I'm not talking racially, don't, don't get off sideways. I'm just talking about people who believe in, you know, the, the Constitution, the First Amendment. You have a right to peacefully assemble, and I support it. We need to be very careful, though, not to cross lines. Well, let me just uh, comment briefly, uh, Sam. Uh, first of all, you know, um, like it's, it gets uh, dark pretty early at this time of year. Um, and as far as I can see in this article, it shows a picture and it gives you a time stamp. It said it was 7 p.m. Um, uh, so I wouldn't call that the middle of the night, uh, like you mentioned. Well, um, but I'm referring um, to the lady that says it's the freaking whatever at night, man, and we're out here bullhorning. Well, I know, but... I but don't know how that compares to the picture, and I don't know the timing. And I'm not here to debate the well, timing with you, right? Yes, sir. You got a, a, a timestamp on a photo from the mainstream press or whatever. You've got a no, lady saying... A, uh, what that is is an um, Instagram thing. It's got the little birdie thing. Is that what that is? I don't Instagram. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know anyway, how that differs just, from the lady saying we're out here in the middle of the night, man. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. Well, it says, it says freaking dead of night. I think some people call that that because it's cold. You know, we're, we're talking about Michigan. Uh, dead of night simply means, at least to me, that, you know, it's not sunny. Uh, but, you know, to say, you know, like, I mean, the little kid uh, was going to watch uh, a movie, so it wasn't like the middle of the night. Uh, they were, you know, and it's and these people in the picture that I can see are way back from the house. Uh, they're out, you know, by the street. I mean, it's a good 30, 40 feet or whatever. And they're most of the things that I can hear them say in the video that I can see uh, it's attached to the story are, they're saying the word stop the steal. Um, so I, I didn't hear the um, swear words that uh, the article talks about. Um, 
but um, I could hear the uh, stop the steal, um, and uh, like I say, it's way they're way back from the house. Um, but you know, that's just my view of it. You know. Yeah, and I get your view, and you're entitled to your view. I'm merely making a point that we can cross the line from peaceful assembly, and we need to be very careful not to do it. Because if we're not careful, we stoop to the low that you kind of wisely point out, and you point out a better way, which is to pray for them and to treat it like the walls of Jericho, more like the uh, you know, Governor Manchin example that Lynn Wood and those folks are proposing, and that's all I'm saying. I don't know what time it was there. I wasn't there. I don't know the timestamp versus the yellow in the middle of the night. I don't know how late they were there, you know, blowing horns and doing whatever they were doing. I don't know. You know, I'm not here to debate all those things because it's irrelevant to my point. Uh, my point is, you know what? I don't know if these guys were crossing the line or not. And I'm not saying they necessarily were. I'm saying, though, that we as a people need to be very careful when a group of demonstrators protest the results of the 2020 election, surround somebody's home. We need to be very careful with that. If you're not very careful when, like I say, when is it a peaceful assembly versus when is it a protest versus when is it a peaceful protest versus a violent protest versus a riot versus a, and, you know, things get out of hand very quickly. And I think the founding fathers intended for peaceful assembly, but I don't think they intended for what we start to see it today. And uh, as President Trump wisely said, there's bad guys on both sides and there's good guys on both sides. Now, I know President Trump got beat up for that statement, but I think he's right on that. And we need to be very careful to make sure we're the good guys and that we're using tactics that, in my opinion, further our cause. And if we cross the line to tactics that don't further our cause, I think it sets us back quite a bit. That's kind of my point, Kurt. I'm not really here to debate the time with you. And I don't know. I wasn't there. You know, your videos can show this and the other article could show that. And I really don't know the details. Now, if we can get somebody on that was there, that might be a different matter. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but that's kind of my point, and I think we need to be very careful uh, with how we behave and what we do, uh, and that's my point. Meanwhile, there's a lawsuit we'll get to next hour, Kurt, but we'll tease it in this hour. Go Texas, says the headline. Texas sues states for fraud. So now you got one state suing another state for fraud, Kurt. Well, I think that's supposed to be, as far as I understand, when the states are suing each other, it's supposed to be a Supreme Court deal. So the Supremes have got some uh, work cut out for them, as far as I can tell. Now, many are saying this is the most credible, legitimate, appropriate lawsuit of them all, Kurt. Because they I'm, say I'm this... familiar with this, so I all don't right. know. All right. Well, you can study it over the break. We'll come, down, we'll come back and drill into it a little bit. I think this is where we might actually gain some traction. And I only pray the truth comes out, right? But this isn't over yet is the point, ladies and gentlemen. Even though it looks like, hey, everybody's doubling down against Trump, there are a lot of people that are still standing up for President Trump. Your Liberty Roundtable team among them. Why? Because it's the right thing to do. Why? Because the election isn't over. That's why. We want honesty in the elections, and we'll do all we can peacefully to help that occur. Hour one in the can, two coming up. God save the republic. the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. 
All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kurt Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news. The network refused to use. No doubt. Continues now. This is the broadcast for December the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two at two. The goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Go Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Texas sues states for fraud. A little more detail. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton has sued the battleground states of Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin saying they made unconstitutional changes to their laws right before the 2020 election. Kurt, you want to respond to this one? Yeah, this is a Daily Wire piece where I'm seeing it. I don't know for sure where you're getting it, but uh, it does talk about that. It says um, uh, they're suing, uh, did you say Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin? Yes, I did, sir. Um very good at the Supreme Court, and uh, they're alleging uh, exploiting the says quote the COVID nineteen pandemic to justify ignoring federal and state election laws and unlawfully enacting last minute changes, thus skewing the results of the twenty twenty general election. Uh, goes on to say trust in the integrity of our election processes, or maybe you say that processes. I'm not sure is sacrosanct, another big word, and binds our citizenry and the states in this union together, Paxson said in a statement, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin destroyed that trust and compromised the security and integrity of the 2020 election. The states violated statutes enacted by their duly elected legislatures, thereby violating the Constitution by ignoring both state and federal law. These states have not only tainted the integrity of their own citizens' vote, but of Texas and every other state that held lawful elections. Uh, Attorney General Paxton said uh, their failure to abide by the rule of law casts a dark shadow of doubt over the outcome of the entire election, we now ask that the Supreme Court step in to correct this egregious error. And uh, I agree with so. Ken Paxton. I agree with the state of Texas completely. I have a little bit of a concern when they start to say, you know, these four states are singled out or whatever as the, the bad fraud guys, and then all the other states are had legitimate elections. I'm a little concerned with drawing that line. But I agree with the general point that, hey, you know what? You can't change your election laws and use COVID as your backdrop to get that done violating the supreme law of the land, the Constitution, everything else. I think they're right on that. I'd just be very careful not to draw the line and suggest all the other states have had legitimate elections. And the reason I say that is because Arizona, California, and some of these other places where I think there's been significant fraud as well are not listed, Kurt. So I get well, their that's point. that's a good point. Um, I, I don't know. I know that occasionally when it goes to, it seems like I'm learning more on these uh, lawsuit things that, you have to have kind of a uh, pointed thing. Yeah, or narrowing a focused, of the scope is the way they call it. In yeah, the okay. Anyway, you narrow the so, scope. Otherwise, um, you don't have standards. Right? Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, um, but I do notice this when I uh, search out Ken Paxton. You know, the only articles I really see is one out of Houston, or two out of Houston, one from uh, something called News West 9, besides that Daily Wire story, 
and the Daily Wire is typically uh, gets all beat up from uh, you know your your Facebook guys and everybody else simply because uh, you know they they report other stuff that's um, you know I guess yeah uh, they tell Facebook the truth a lot more than the say. other guys I'll tell you that right now yeah there you go now they Good may point. not be a world net daily and a and a Breitbart and some of the you know people that we would trust the most but they're certainly much better reporters than many of the other examples by far. And I'll uh, bet anyway, they'll pick so, that up, though. You know, I bet they'll pick it up probably from Daily Wire. You know what I mean? Good chance. Um, anyway, it's all over the net. So yeah. check it out. But I, all I can say is go Texas. I agree with their point. And uh, you know what? I, again, I hope they can get this to the Supreme Court. Kurt, I think that's the next venue. Sydney Powell last night in a, in a soundbite that I heard her talking to uh, some folks on Newsmax. And I'm not really a fan of Newsmax either. Nevertheless, at least they give her a chance to talk, right? And so I'm hearing straight from Sidney Powell, and she basically says, hey, we're going to really go to the Supreme Court with this thing. That's where we've got to go. And then the host said, well, what do you think? Is the Supreme Court going to do what's right? And her response was, you know what? I don't know. But we're going to do our part nevertheless. And amen. I couldn't agree more with Sidney Powell. Her goal is to protect and defend the lawful votes of American citizens, ensure election integrity, educate the world on what it means to be a constitutional Republic and use legal action to preserve the vision of our founders and have honesty in elections. You want to support her defending the republic.org. And we want to maintain this great republic. Anyway, Sydney Powell, I think, is right on the point, Kurt. I think she's very wise. I think she really articulates herself well. And I don't know if she'll be successful. But I could sure pray for her and I could sure bring the best of my ability the information that she puts out. To your attention, ladies and gentlemen, because I think she is doing her very best to be a straight shooter and do what's right on this thing. And I'd be interested to hear Sidney Powell's uh, take on this Texas case. But I pray that uh, we have honesty is all I can say. And my goal is not to just bring up all the other guys saying we lost, we lost, we lost. Uh, My goal is to bring up enough of that so you can see what's happening in the news. We can't be just talking about our side and our stories and then everybody else is like, don't you know all these other things have happened? No, we know about them. We just disagree with them, and we believe that every day we have uh, until at least January 20th is a day to uh, push for a redress of grievance, to push for honesty and transparency in elections, and we're going to do just that. And, uh, you know, I don't know if we'll be done on January the 20th or not. I think that is a deadline date for sure. Uh, But I will still say that uh, even if they certify all this, even if the Electoral College votes against President Trump, and even if they put, uh, you know, Joe in office on the 20th of January, I still will maintain fraud occurred because I'm convinced there's so much evidence that it occurred to where you can't deny it. Now you can say, Sam, you're going to have to accept the results. I may accept the results, but I'm never going to accept the fraud that took place. I'm never going to say that's fine or ignore that. I'm going to highlight that we may be forced to accept fraudulent results for now, but we sure better get that secret combination destroyed. And if we don't, you know what? We're going to regret it. Let me give you another example of kind of the point about the mainstream press, Rudy Giuliani, all this kind of stuff. Um, Rudy Giuliani said on Sunday that bias, corruption, and laziness within the media could explain why so many outlets are not willing to let him tell the story of vote fraud. They're ignoring his claims of massive vote fraud in the 2020 election cycle. Um, part of its bias, part of its corruption, part of its lo- uh, laziness, he goes on. Do you want to respond to this, Kurt? 
Well, I think uh, that uh, he's learning what uh, we learned a long time ago, maybe, uh, Sam, and that is that uh, media chooses to uh, cover the things that they want to choose, and there's uh, uh, probably a, a more than ever in my lifetime a combined, like a cabal, if you want to call it, or a you know, secret combinations, another word, a uh, group of words uh, that you could say. Uh, but, you know, they're just uh, teaming up uh, to get what they want done. And, uh, you know, as you've always taught us, he who owns the media makes the rules. Uh, and, of course, the uh, new media taking center stage like the Daily Wire and, uh, you know, of course, World Net Daily uh, the Epic Times, different people like that. So there's, you know, a number of things going on. Uh, and at least Rudy, uh, you know, at least I've seen him uh, several times on places like uh, Newsmax and One American Now, um, News Now, I think it's what it's called, OAN, um, you know, and a number of other places. Uh, you know, you like you said before, uh, you've got to go to where you're uh, friends are, uh, you know, go to where people won't beat you up, you know, um, you know, an example of that, I thought it was interesting, uh, um, I guess, um, uh, Rush was talking about, um, a, uh, story, a headline says, uh, exceptionally disturbing forensic exam shows Dominion machine switching votes, uh, Subheadline: Extreme likelihood of massive voter fraud. Joe Kovacs writes it for uh, World Net Daily, and it is dated yesterday. Uh, but um, they say alarm bells uh, regarding the presidential election are now sounding in Georgia, where a U.S. congressman says a forensic test of Dominion voting systems machines revealed votes for President Donald Trump were being switched to votes for. Democrat Joe Biden, although the claim is denied by some election officials, um, the representative there is uh, Jody Heiss, Republican of Georgia, um, tweeted out the results of the test. She said, um, I guess that Jody is a girl. Uh, yesterday we learned a forensics examination of a Ware County, Ware is W-A-R-E, uh, Georgia Dominion voting systems machine found votes were switched from um, at real Donald Trump at, to at Joe Biden. This is one machine in one county in one state. Did this happen elsewhere? We need to know, examine all the machines. Well, and this uh, is where they'll say, you know, a couple of blips happened, but they're only blips, Kurt. Nothing here. That's how they're going to roll. Because, again, you'll take down the whole world if you allow this to stand is the problem. Now, I agree with Rudy Giuliani that bias is part of it. Corruption is part of it. But when he says laziness is in the media, they're not lazy, Rudy. Just so you know, they spend, I mean, they'll get up at 2 in the morning and they'll go to bed at 159.59 at night, buddy, to prove you wrong and to shut you down. They're not lazy at all. In fact, they put more of their money where their mouth is than the conservatives do. You got to give it to the liberals and, and the extremists and the, and the dishonest folks. They're absolutely on fire. They work 24-7 for their dishonest agenda. The rest of us go to sleep, sad to say otherwise would be winning. Hi, I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. 
After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999, text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999, or go to DefendAPatriot.com, DefendAPatriot.com. Being there with your child and being there for your child are two completely different things. One denotes a simple presence, which is a start, but can also be accomplished by someone other than you. Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem? See, that sheep did a fine job of being there with the child, but it didn't do a very good job of being there for the child. Now listen to the difference an involved parent can make. Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem? I'm not very good at algebra, but do you have any English questions? Because I done real good in English. <laughs> oh, Mom. Okay, let's take a look. Okay, so the algebra problem didn't get solved, but something better happened. Mom was there for her child. And when you're really there, they'll know how much you care. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org. Promoting God, family, and country. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Radio. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. So all I can tell you is, Rudy, the mainstream press is far from lazy, buddy. In fact, sad for the liberals, i got to admit this. They put their money where their mouth is. They're more highly organized. Those are the ones that tell y'all to go home when you go home stupidly, and then they double down and count the votes. They're not lazy, okay? They're the ones that put their money where their mouth is. They're the ones that have coerced government into funding their radio stations and everything else. They're far from lazy, Giuliani. No offense, but you don't get it. And that's part of the problem is that you underestimate your enemy, my friend. Now, bias and corruption, no doubt about it. But laziness? <laughs> wow. There you have it. We're lazy. What we do is we file a lawsuit and then we don't have the guts to carry it through, so we retract it. That's the lazy stuff we're talking about. It's got to stop. But it is exceptionally the, disturbing, uh, Kurt. That's for sure. In the Yes? In this article where we're talking about, um, at least that I mentioned with Rush Limbaugh. Yeah, the forensic um, disturbing Jody. One. Yeah, uh, Jody Heiss, uh, the congressman Heiss, so I guess it must be a guy. Anyway, Jody, that word always, I oh, never can well, How do you spell Jody, Kurt? J-O-D-Y. If it's a Y, it's a guy. If it's an I, it's a girl. Oh, okay. Sorry. Not always. That's um, usually how it works, right? I don't know. Um, but uh, in his, uh, um, it's an Instagram with the little blue birdie, I think, uh, in his tweet. Yeah, it says tweeting down at the bottom. It says, uh, yesterday By the way, we learned bird forensics. Twitter. Bird's not Instagram. Tweet, tweet, tweet. Oh. Bird's tweet. Twitter. Okay, there sorry. You go. Anyway, uh, says yesterday we learned a forensics examination of a Ware County, Georgia, Dominion Voting Systems machine found votes were switched from uh, President Trump to Joe Biden. And this says, is only this one, is machine, one machine, but we got to know about the rest. In one county, in one state. Um, and then at the bottom it says, uh, after it says examine all the machines, it's got a red, you know, kind of... Um, 
like a alert says this claim about election fraud is disputed um you know and that's i guess automatically put there by the twitter people uh says the matter caught the attention of popular radio talk show host rush limbaugh uh, who explained they fed an equal number of votes for both trump and biden into the software and it turns out an equal number of votes for Trump and Biden was spat out of the machine as a 26% lead for Biden. Uh, he called it an exceptionally disturbing piece of evidence showing the extreme likelihood of massive voter fraud through Dominion voting systems. Um, Limbaugh in the uh, World Net Daily piece here says, summarized how the test was reported, reportedly conducted. Uh, he says they used an equal number of votes this is the thing to keep in mind here. They had sequestered Dominion equipment. Ware County ran an equal number of Trump votes and Biden votes through the tabulator. And the tabulator reported a 26% lead for Biden, uh, 37 Trump votes. Anyway, bottom line is uh, I thought that was kind of useful information. Yeah, and, it's just continued the same allegations. About, now they're finding evidence of vote fraud, but they're claiming it's only one machine. Well, Kurt, let me give you a hint. You ready? Sure, Sam. If you only do a forensic exam on one machine, then you're only going to find the vote fraud in one machine, buddy. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was interesting to me. Of course, Rush is on, I don't know, 600 radio stations or whatever. So I know it's not the same as ABC, NBC, CBS or whatever, but I I will tip a hat to uh, Rush Limbaugh and say, uh, you know, it's nice to see he's uh, bringing these things out. Um, and... Um, you know, I do uh, see another one that kind of goes along. And with by the way, that, I do uh, commend Rush for focusing on this, for highlighting the problems and the dishonesty. Good for uh, Mr. Limbaugh. Amen. No doubt. Yeah. Um, and in uh, this other one that kind of goes with it, uh, at least I think a little bit, uh, says uh, tsunami of vote fraud evidence rolled out in Pennsylvania, Arizona, Georgia, Michigan. Uh, World Net Daily witnesses saw things that cried out for investigation, um, and uh, only if and, you want the truth. Anyway, Otherwise, they cry out for squash, true, shut down. In fact, to prove Good your point. point, there's a headline out of World Net Daily says this: FBI agents raid Arizona. I guess uh, a home in a voter theft probe case. Think of that, Kurt. Yeah, I was reading about that, um, and uh, apparently, you know, they got a bunch of, uh, let's see, in the one that I read about that, they were, uh, it was a whole bunch of, like, uh, thumb drives and, um, you know, pieces of stuff there, but they said uh, what I understood was they were worried about them, uh, somebody stealing uh the uh, information of the people, uh, let's see, it says uh, FBI agents raid Arizona home and voter data theft probe, uh, subheadline feds confiscate computers, drives, that would be your hard drives, I guess, bags, a bag of USB sticks, art more with the piece, uh, and uh, says the Arizona Republic reported uh, the raid took place uh, November 5th, two days after the election, I'm thinking, well, this is December 8th. Uh, we're talking about this. Finally, we hear about this. This is, you know, quite a ways back. It says the uh, Phoenix paper cited an FBI spokesman uh, 
saying the Bureau will not confirm or deny the investigation. Uh, spokeswoman for the Maricopa County IT security staff uh, said in a statement that the FBI is investigating and the county is cooperating. Um, anyway, uh, that's about all I can see on that one. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I just find that interesting. Elliot how do Kerwin. we how do we certify results, Kurt? Well, at yeah. the same time, we have literally the FBI saying, "Wait a minute, here, um, we're going to have to raid somebody's home to get information." In voter data theft probe. So if you have a voter data theft probe, what if the um, that relates to the uh, election fraud and, uh, you know, that relates to the um, overturning of the certified results in Arizona kind of stuff? This is what I mean. The judges are just running around going, nothing here, nothing here. There's no valid whatsoever. I'm, I just don't understand the judge. How do you say there's nothing valid, but yet the FBI literally had to raid a home to get stolen information relating to the election results? Election well, data. That's a great point. I don't understand and it, in, Kurt. In the same, well, it's it's the whole, uh, you know, um, that's the spirit of party, Sam, and the, you know, insiders, the swamp monsters, et cetera. But in the same story, it says uh, Republican state lawmakers in Arizona have charged that Governor Doug Ducey uh, knowingly, and they put that in quotes, certified a fraudulent election and are urging him to rescind the certification. Okay, so why don't we throw him in jail? Um, Hold on. If you knowingly certified a fraudulent election is that arrestable kurt throw old deucey in the tank in the prison buddy state rep mark fincham is calling for the withholding of the state's electoral college votes for biden contending there is enough evidence of fraud to invalidate the state's popular votes yeah and if you don't believe us doug and, and and you know all these different people ask the fbi okay Good point, Sam. He says county clerks are coming forward and witnesses are coming out of the woodwork with evidence. Uh, he said we only Do think need county to clerks have, have credibility, members. Um, well, it, it, like if they say what you want to hear, then they do probably, right, Sam? Is well, that what you mean? I'm just saying that either way. I think they either do. way we you know. we certify them as having credibility. We give them, you know, the ability to, to do a notary public and sign things and confirm things. And we have to assume they're legitimate until proven otherwise. Right. So and when these people come forward. Honest. Yeah, um, of course we do. When these people come forward, though, we got to give at least a little bit of credence for what they claim. Yeah, he went on to say this uh, Arizona state lawmaker and this is World Net Daily piece. We, we only need to have 31 members of the House, 16 members of the Senate uh, pass a resolution recalling our electors. It's that simple, he said. Our constituents are blowing up over this. Uh, yeah, but see, I don't want to just recall the fraud committed by the who the governor, who's Ducey? Yes, sir. Okay, if the governor literally knowingly filed a fraudulent certification, isn't that what he just said, this rep said, Kurt? That's what was in this story. I just want to be clear. This isn't me or whatever. So if that's true, shouldn't we be arresting the governor right now? I mean, shouldn't he be in the clink on trial for wrongfully, knowingly, willingly certifying a fraudulent election? And this is kind of my point. Until we start arresting people and create accountability, you can't make these kind of statements. If these statements are not true, then let's back off. If these statements are true, let's have accountability here. Now, believe it or not, I think the statements are true. Look at the FBI. If they're investigating this, how do you certify it while the FBI's got an open investigation going on with regards to the election data, Kurt? I don't get it.
So I'm convinced that the rep is correct, that the FBI is looking into this. And I don't see how you can certify an election honorably in the middle of that. Kurt, I don't see how. You can't just say the FBI is up in the night. They don't matter, can you? If so, we need to get rid of the whole FBI. See, this is serious business, ladies and gentlemen. This is not a joke. And I don't mean to make it a joke, but the courts and the governments, the legislative bodies are making a mockery out of America right now. Pursuing liberty, using the Constitution as our guide. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Lance Pride. The United Kingdom has started rolling out the COVID-19 vaccine developed by Pfizer and BioNTech, the first Western country to begin vaccinating its population against the infection from the China virus. 90-year-old Margaret Keenan is the first person in the UK to receive the vaccine at University Hospital, Coventry, England. General Chuck Yeager, World War II pilot and the first person to break the sound barrier in flight, has died. He was 97. His wife, Victoria, announced his passing Monday evening. In 1947, Yeager flew the Bell X-1 rocket 700 miles per hour at 43,000 feet, becoming the first person to break the sound barrier in level flight. He was later portrayed in the book and movie The Right Stuff. Yeager was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 1985. Undefeated no more, the Pittsburgh Steelers lost to the Washington football team Monday night. Washington head coach Ron Rivera describes the locker room after the 23-17 win. Euphoria. USA Radio News. Balance of nature is fruits and vegetables in a capsule, changing the world one life at a time. I had begun to notice after 10 days with balance of nature, I felt better, more energetic. And believe me, for me, that's something because I have energy anyway, but... As old as I am, that was really something to start really noticing. You know, we're all responsible for choosing what our attitudes are, but I had a better mental outlook. I mean, I always try to be positive, but there were subtle things in me that I began to notice. I just felt a difference with this. Get a wide variety of all your daily recommended servings of whole fruits and vegetables without having to leave your home. Right now, Balance of Nature is offering free shipping and 35% off on any new preferred order. Call 1-800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com and use discount code USA. As millions of Americans suffer across the country, it's reassuring to know that politicians are still getting a paycheck. Let's get a stimulus update. USA Radio News, Tim Berg. Opening the Senate on Monday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell says Congress cannot stay on the sidelines as millions of Americans are suffering from the coronavirus pandemic. McConnell saying Democrats are dragging out negotiations. Their strategy's been all or nothing. And so struggling Americans have, of course, got nothing. Well, we're down to the wire, Madam President, down to the wire. The Kentucky Republican hoping to fire up his colleagues here so something will get done before everyone heads home for the Christmas recess. The House is expected to vote Wednesday on a stopgap measure to avert a partial government shutdown after current funding is set to expire this Friday. From the USA Radio News Phoenix Bureau, I'm Tim Berg. Lawmakers in the Senate and House of Representatives face a deadline of December 11th when current funding for the feds runs out. USA Radio News. Begging politicians, bureaucrats, and educrats, and all do-getters to please obey the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. 
This is Liberty Roundtable. So while the FBI literally looking into vote fraud, stolen election data. So while the FBI looks into that, uh, Arizona certifies its election results. And I agree with the legislative uh, spokesman there for saying we got vote fraud and we need to back off and decertify our election results. How do you as the governor certify your results when the FBI has an open case of theft relating to elections right now that's pending? They had to raid the Arizona home to get some details. Now, I don't know what the FBI is going to come up with is on this. But I'm saying, how do you certify the results in the middle of that, Kurt? I don't understand it. Okay, and this is the debate well, about a, evidence. They're just saying there's nothing yeah. here. It doesn't matter if the FBI says there's evidence and we have to raid to get the details. Very good point, Sam. Uh, it says, uh, meanwhile, and this is down deeper in there, it says, meanwhile, an investigation of a 100-ballot sample in Arizona found 3% of the ballots were wrongly counted in favor of Biden, prompting a wider audit. This was... Uh, uh, even tweeted by the president, he says, in Arizona, it turns out that 3% of the votes cast in the 100-count vote sampling were tainted or worse. This would be, if carried forward, approximately 90,000 votes more than we would need to win the state. Now we were granted a much larger sample to work with. Wow. And then, of course, uh, Twitter puts their little uh, disputed thing at the bottom. Um, so that's... You know, like yeah. Let me ask. Let me ask the thugs at Twitter a question: Is the FBI raid being disputed? Because you can debate what's going on here if you want to, but you can't debate that the FBI is in the middle of an investigation, Kurt. How do you deal with that when the forensic exams show? Okay, it says Dominion machine switching votes. That was in Georgia, Kurt. Now this is in Arizona where they have fraudulent counts that they've documented prompting a wider net to be cast. How do you continue to say, well, we found a little bit of vote fraud uh, and it points to a broader vote fraud discussion, and but we're going to say there's no, fro- no vote fraud and certify the elections, even though the FBI is now brought into this and they're expanding their investigations as well. So all investigations are expanding on vote fraud, but all judges say there is none. And all legislative bodies claim there is none, with a few exceptions. Good people standing against their governors, standing against their... The only state that has enough guts to really weigh into this uh, from a statewide point of view is Texas, Kurt. Good for Texas. Anyway, I look at this thing and I just don't understand it, except for it goes back to what I said, Kurt. The media, in bed with the courts, in bed with the deep swamp, are so corrupt that you just won't have the truth. They don't care about the truth anymore. And if we the people want to stop it, we better elect people who do care about the truth. Okay? Let me give you a headline to kind of illustrate. People love the media, Kurt. They just love the media. CNN broke all of its previous records. All of its previous viewership records in November. Garnering a massive 135% growth in total growth viewership compared to the same time last year. That's according to the... Nielsen Research Group, Nielsen Media Research Group. And you could say, well, we don't trust them, Kurt. They don't have accurate results. And you're right. But that's what they're pitching and promoting now. And they've obviously got enough viewers. Uh, they can make a fraudulent claim slightly, but they can't. It's kind of like election results. They can commit fraud, but only to, to a certain degree. November saw CNN outbeat Fox and MSNBC. 
for the key demographic of 25 to 54. The network had 558,000 in the key demographics compared to Fox's 413,000 and MSNBC's 302,000, the data shows. This growth equals a 209% increase for the you know, unique demographic. Despite a win in the key demographic, for November, Fox News still came in top overall for the month, Kurt. Fox News took the cake in total. Viewers with 1.94 million. CNN had 1.78 million. MSNBC had 1.5, uh, let's see, 1.589 million. Fox also had a record-breaking month. They go on and on and on. But And I don't trust the Nielsen ratings people very much. But I find that interesting that they've got enough support to tout that. And so the, the people love the mainstream press, Kurt. They're just bouncing back and forth between CNN and Fox. And MSNBC is the third runner-up kind of a thing. The rest of us aren't even rated or discussed, Kurt. Which I find interesting Do you think, well. uh, I mean, at least in my opinion, that won't really happen, um, Sam. What, for us to be rated in, too? Well, yeah, for oh, us yeah, to be right. talked about simply because then, you know, that would put more of the cat out of the bag. Uh, you know, more and more people go to... Um, these other sources, you know, I've heard uh, Wrestling by even suggesting to people that, hey, just just don't watch it or don't listen to it. You know, check. Rush on, again is right. You know, your, uh, uh, you know, trusted sources uh, and that kind of thing. So I agree. I think more and more folks are doing that. Yeah, you're right. More and more are. But there's still I mean, a massive. Even if you talk about three million uh, watchers, you know, in a, in a country with three and uh, I guess 300 and almost 50 million people, the 3 million watchers, is a pretty small amount. Uh, yeah, but when you talk you about know, CNN, like, Fox, and MSNBC, you're more like 10 million plus, 10, 12 million. Yeah. Which and I agree like is still say, a small uh, number you compared to 60 million. though, is, you know, how, how accurate is it? Is it, you know, how do they figure it out? And we've talked about that before. Yeah, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Nevertheless, the prophecy self-fulfills within their groups, and they still, hey, have a lot of focus and a lot of, you know, support and all that kind of stuff. All right, Kurt has an article. It's actually a video. And I wasn't able to rip this video for Kurt like I usually do. For some reason, this one won't rip. I'll have to try to record it by hand. And I tried that before the show, spent 15 minutes on it. But then a stupid commercial came in the middle of it. And so then I'd have to record the whole thing, including all the commercials, and then rip out the commercials. And Anyway, it's going to take a ton of work. But it says 289,000-plus votes uh, were fraudulent. An expert breaks down the details and testifies. Kurt? Do you want to highlight this one? Yeah, it's worthy, worthy of this discussion. Is, uh, yeah, it was, um, I guess, in Arizona, down in Arizona, this this guy is a, uh, uh, this, they call him an expert, but he's also a uh, Michigan um, legislator, like a senator from Michigan, you know, uh, in the state, not, not the federal, but in the state. And so, and he's got this uh, long list of, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, well, it says uh, former Michigan State Senator Patrick Kolbeck, who is a certified Microsoft small business specialist, did cabling design for the International Space Station, gives an analytical breakdown of alleged election fraud. Uh, Kolbeck volunteered as a poll challenger in Detroit and was present at the Detroit absent voter 
counting board on the night of the election. So, you know, and what he does is he's got his uh, computer and he's got um, uh, basically a, like a, not a slideshow, but, you know, a presentation that he shows these uh, members of the Arizona legislature and he shows, uh, you know, he pretty much, uh, you hear this phrase about how, uh, well, these uh, Dominion voting machines are not connected to the Internet, right, Sam? I mean, you've heard that uh, from a lot of people. They'll say, well, you know, there's no way to um, manipulate them because they're not connected. And he shows, uh, you know, basically how that's false and how, um, you know, what he saw was that, um, I mean, he says the reason you can get these uh, entities like the New York Times or the AP or anybody else to give these uh, numbers that they give um, is because they are uh, are connected to the Internet. And uh, therefore, he says that they're easily hackable. And, uh, you know, he's, he talks about the uh, percent of a person, you know, where you have so many votes and then a decimal point and uh, so in other words you you don't really have a full human uh, or kind of like that other story about uh, how you can have um, Joe Biden vote be 113 percent of a vote and President Trump vote be like 87 percent of a vote um, but he goes through uh, pretty good detail in about 16 17 minutes in front of the uh, legislature with uh, I think some pretty good uh, evidence and he's uh, somebody who's I guess you could say uh, you know got some pretty good uh, creed credentials well I he has the credentials word. and he's making the same points that I am about <clears throat> that you know what this is just you can you can commit fraud very easily what I find interesting about the Michigan judge Michigan judge says basically hey you know you guys are making allegations as if this fraud's possible so they got the judge that thinks they know all about IT or whatever technology going, hey, I, you know, you guys act like this is even possible. And then you got, you know, experts and forensic people and people who that are in IT and everything else like me and this guy and everybody else going, well, of course you can commit this kind of fraud. It's totally possible. Not only is it possible, it's easy. They've even had people in court, Kurt, and people before legislative bodies proving how easy it is to hack this stuff. But the judge still goes, you guys act like that's even possible. See, Kurt, we're not even on the same planet with these people. Quick pause on your radio. I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? 
Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. All right, I got to hurry. Just skip the music. So this uh, expert is speaking out, testifying before a legislative committee in Arizona. Listen to this. Compliment, I think, to Colonel Wilbur's testimony here because uh, um, kind of got a unique experience regarding this whole election process. Um, first of all, I am a former Michigan State Senator. I served on the Senate, Michigan Senate Elections and Government Reform Committee. I took those duties very seriously to the point of diagramming out all of our election processes. So I had a pretty good understanding of how elections were supposed to work from a book perspective. Um, but uh, I have another perspective that's useful to this discussion is that um, something that I couldn't do while I was running for office is actually uh, I served as a poll challenger in Detroit at the AB Counting Board um, for the election day from 5 p.m. through the next day into the evening of the following day on November 4th. So I was actually at the Detroit AB Counting Board heard about all the things that happened there, all the cardboard up on the windows. Yes, I was there. I was one of the people blocked from returning back into the Detroit AB Counting Board so uh, I could resume my duties as poll challenger. I was up training our next batch of poll challengers as to what they need to look out for and what we had been seeing. And uh, coincidentally, by the way, that was when they were counting the military ballots, which um, just so you guys know, that's when they duplicate the ballots because the military ballots come in in a format that's different from those that can be read by these tabulators. And if you don't have a Republican and a Democrat watching that, it's ripe for um, malfeasance, if you will, and that's exactly what happened. So along with that background, I'm actually a certified Microsoft Small Business Specialist. In addition to being that, I actually did cabling design at the International Space Station, so I, I, I have no problem working with technology. So it's kind of a unique background, and, uh, um, and just so happened that I was right there on the Detroit AV County Board on the night of the election. Uh, so. I'm going to focus in on just highlight three areas of the diagram that Colonel Waldron just showed you because uh, that's important for everybody to understand for people on the ground. These are the key pieces of technology. You talked about ImageCast Central. That's the equipment that I witnessed out at the Detroit Accounting Board. It features a high-speed scanner and a workstation associated with it. These were networked in turn with uh, adjudicator machines, which anything that was rejected by the high-speed scanner would go over to this adjudicator machine. That was part of the absentee ballot counting suite, if you will, for Dominion. In addition, they had something that uh, was called local data center, where all the election officials would work from a central uh, computer workstation with a series of laptops, et cetera, that, uh, that were connected to the rest of these computers. We'll get into that a little bit later here. But that ImageCast central area is one of the key pieces of, uh, or key um, um, systems, if you will, that are on the ground 
um, for the absentee ballots in particular. If you're at an in-person polling location, you'll have the image cast precinct um, set up, and that's on the right-hand side of this diagram. Up on the top is kind of the local data center and the uh, kind of the um, eye in the sky, the overarching look at what's going on with the election. And uh, we'll get into that in a little bit more detail later. And as you guys know, Dominion Voting Systems was used here in Arizona in Maricopa County. And um, they were using some of the same equipment we were just talking about in regards to ImageCast Precinct um, and also ImageCast Central, Canada's a scanner there. So I, I said that I was in your position before, right? So if I were in your position, these are kind of some of the key questions I would be asking in regards to all that we're hearing about this testimony regarding this election. Number Anyway, I don't mean to circumvent the questions. It's long. It's 16 minutes long. The audio is not that good. It keeps cutting out. I can only play it from the YouTube link itself. <clears throat> I usually try to pull it down so that I can edit the audio and turn it up a little bit so people can hear better and all that kind of stuff. Uh, very hard. But the, the very credible evidence by this gentleman, by the colonel that spoke before him, Kurt, uh, and now the FBI investigating massive stolen vote discussions to where the point they had to raid a home. And while all this is going on, the governor just simply certifies the election. Why would he do that, Kurt? Isn't the governor a Republican, Kurt? Yeah, you just got to ask yourself what kind of Republican and, and yeah. what maybe do they have on him possibly? Um, you know, I, I mean, it's just kind of as he a Mitt Romney type Republican. Yeah, is so I say a, it, he's a President swamp Republican. Type re yeah, that's and uh, the swamp like is him. against President Trump. This is evidently clear everywhere in the country. And they are literally going to install Joe Biden via vote fraud. And we're to the point where we're going to have to depend on the Supreme Court, ladies and gentlemen, to hopefully bring truth and reason and transparency to this discussion. Because at least 289,000 illegal ballots, according to this expert. Again, these people have testified. I mean, how many examples of vote fraud? How many court cases do you want to highlight where experts are testifying of vote fraud? How many times do you want to prove that it's easy to manipulate these systems, Kurt? How much evidence can Sidney Powell put forward? Can Matthew Staver put forward? Can uh, Lynn Wood put forward? Can this colonel put forward? Can this expert we just highlighted put forward? How much evidence do you have to put on the table before Tucker Carlson admits there's evidence, Kurt? Before these judges, how much proof do we have to have that fraud can happen on these voting machines, uh, even though we've had court cases proving fraud on these voting machines, where the judge in Michigan just dismisses it? <laughs> this whacked-out lady... Linda Parker just tossed it out and goes, hey, I mean, you guys act like this fraud's even possible. Kurt, we're not even on the same page with these criminals. And you say, Sam, that's pretty bold talk. I know it is. But that's why I say that I don't think Trump's going to win. It's not because the truth and law and order and reality, and it's not because that's not on his side. It's because we have allowed secret combinations to get so above the people now to where they can openly commit fraud and install the leader they want, and there's nothing you and I can do about it. At least that's what they want us to think. There's plenty you and I can do about it, but it's going to take us to get a new media taking center stage to bring this forth so the average American can understand. And it's going to take enough of us to reelect people who aren't criminals. Okay, we need to use the checks and balances the founders gave us, and we need to appeal to our God. And between those two, I think we could be successful. I don't think we will be today because we've waited too long. But I think that it's something that we absolutely need to work on. And I think this ought to be a stark reminder to let us all wake up and say this is not a joke. 
Okay, uh, you can say that there's not a dime of difference between the Republicans and the Democrats, and in the swamp, that's true. But there are a lot of good Republicans doing a lot of good things. Trump's one of them. Rand Paul's one of them. Uh, you know, you see several different good people doing good things. And what's interesting is you see people on both sides of the aisle saying this is not a, a political you know party discussion. This is a swamp corrupt system versus us discussion. And the sooner we get there, Kurt and Jettison, the party issue, as you point out, the sooner off we'll be, the better off we'll be. <clears throat> and so I think we need to take this uh, shellacking that President Trump's going to take unless the Supreme Court does what's right, which I don't have a lot of confidence in. Uh, I think that we really need to take this as a wake-up call. We better start to work. Uh, in our local areas to ensure that there's not vote fraud, to ensure that we have honest integrity in our elections. It's something that we got to row to hoe, and it's not insurmountable. Don't get me wrong. I'm not giving the give up idea or the, you know, toss the flag or anything. But I am telling you what it's going to take. It's going to take morality in the people. It's going to take the jettisoning of parties and the jettisoning of the swamp. It's going to take electing new people that are honorable. It's going to take the new media taking center stage where we can actually get the word out on what's going on. I believe if we had enough of the media right now, Kurt, they couldn't stop us from forcing the truth. But when they've got this massive control of the media, most people just can't get the information. They're too busy watching CNN and Fox, and they're you know having a race to see who can get more viewers kind of discussion. There is hope in this country, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to, we got to be realistic of where the hope is. It's in pulling down power, not seeking it. It's in honesty and integrity. It's in our God. It's in transparent, honest elections. Okay, those are where we find the answers, and those are where we need to continue to work. Whether we win this election or not, I certainly pray we do, and I certainly uh, support President Trump doing all that he can. But at the same time, I say even if we lose this election, it's not time to give up. Kurt? Very good, Sam. Yeah, I don't know what else to add uh, to that, Sam. You've got it pretty well covered. All right. Anything else to cover before the end of the hour? Um, let's see. Um, just looking at some different uh, headlines. Uh, I guess Ted Cruz made a bunch of people pretty ticked off because he uh, killed a buck, um, you know, a deer, and uh, posted an image of the deer. Um, and so that... Um, and he know, ticked me of off because he trashed Lynn Wood wrongfully. Yeah, he well, ticked me off. I, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, anyway, I thought that was, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, this one's kind of uh, least encouraging. A uh, headline uh, reads, uh, commentary from Western Journal. California churches finally got help from SCOTUS, or the Supreme Court, and it was a huge blow to Gavin Newsom. Um, and um, the Supreme Court sided with a California church that challenged Democrat uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's coronavirus restrictions, shutting down churches while apparently allowing mass protests and other secular gatherings. Uh, the church is called the Harvest Rock Church and Harvest International Ministry in Pasadena. They filed an emergency petition uh, arguing that Newsom's church lockdowns violated their First Amendment right to religious freedom. Church pointed out that Newsom had violated his own COVID restrictions when he didn't wear a mask while he ate dinner in a, some fancy restaurant. Uh, Supreme Court reacted by vacating an appeals court order that had sided with the governor. 
the court remanded the case back down to the appellate court, urging it to use a prior SCOTUS ruling against New York's uh, COVID restrictions as guidance. That one just, and this kind of goes to my point. You get the right, right people yeah. involved and enough people involved pushing at the right times, and we can make progress. And that's why I really commend Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, and, and Matt Staver and others, uh, because they're doing what's right. They just need a million, two million, three million, ten million people behind them to not only uh, support them, we need the media to get out the truth so the American people can know the truth, and what we need is funding for Sidney Powell. Uh, and Lidwood and Matt Staver, trust me, they don't just have unlimited cash. And we need to fund them so they can do their work. And this is what I mean. We need to really get behind this. And if enough American people were behind it, we would see success, Kurt. The, the, in my opinion, the takeaway from this is we need to get engaged. We can't leave it up to somebody else. Okay, The media can't depend on Sam Bushman and five other good guys doing the very best they can. We don't have enough resources. We just don't. Uh, but we'll do our very best, and we'll keep trying to get a hold of Sidney Powell. We'll keep trying to get a hold of Lynn Wood, Matt Staver, and others. We know they're super busy, and we'll try to bring the best information to you that we possibly can. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen in this election, and I don't want to look past this election. I want to work on it and get the truth all the way as long as we possibly can. Every avenue of solutions we have, we should pursue. At the same time, I don't want everybody to believe it only depends upon this election. America's still a great country, even if Biden wins via fraud. And we can still rein in criminality. And we can still expose secret combinations. And we can still seek to pull down power, not to build it up. And we can seek to have the checks and balances and transparency that make America great. And starting with religious liberty and being able to go back to church is certainly one of them, Kurt. And I commend those folks in this fight doing a wonderful job. Matt Staver's been heavily involved in that as well. I don't know if he's involved in this particular case or not. But uh, the people fighting that fight are doing a wonderful service to their country, Kurt. Good point. I do believe uh, the main thing to highlight, or I guess you could highlight about this whole, uh, you know, program today, is the article you brought up mostly from Texas, where they filed this uh, lawsuit against these four states and going to the Supreme Court to, uh, you know, now the uh, Epic Times has the piece, like the Daily Wire got it, so it, it should go around. So I sure pray that. so. And my response is, like the country song says, "God bless Texas." We pray for their success, ladies Amen. and gentlemen. We also pray for Sydney Powell, who's going to go to the Supreme Court if she gets her way. Uh, we pray for success there as well. We're not giving up by any means. But, ladies and gentlemen, when you take on the swamp and the whole world, whoa, buddy, it's rough. We declare this nation shall endure. God save the greatest country on the face of the earth. <laughs>